to nurture, coach, and inspire the children we love to develop their genius and let it blossom. I'm your host, Diane Planeten. For those of you who don't know me, I have an exceptionally gifted son, and literally thousands of people have asked me, what did I do? How did I raise him? How did he discover his natural talent and gifts? There is no one answer to that question, but I do have some insight as to what worked and what didn't work. It's been a journey and I wanted to share my knowledge. I wanted to share my experience as I believe it's my purpose to help others bring out the best in the next generation. So I created this outlet where we could reach a global community with a common interest in raising our children to discover the gift within them and develop their natural talent. We're going to discuss different stages and different experiences we learn by doing. And I encourage you to share your stories of breakthroughs and fiascos. We will build a strong foundation for the next generation. Now that you know a little background information from the previous shows, I thought it might be time to go into a bit more detail about my child's gift and the discovery of his genius. It's the beginning of September and back to school, so I thought, perfect timing. When it comes to school, you need to be involved. You need to be in the know and you need to be the backpack hound. When your children enter school age, your job is truly beginning. Yes, those first five years are vital as you nurture your wee one. You have set the foundation. Now the building blocks are ready to go on top. School teachers are just that, teachers. And it takes more than one to guide them through the next 12 plus years. Teachers are not babysitters, they're educators. Teachers have lives outside of school and they are also human. They have a syllabus that needs to be adhered to. And as parents, we need to support and respect this. Although sometimes that's not so easy to do. We want the best of everything for our child. We want them to excel and grow and learn new languages. Children do not lack capacity to learn, but they do lack enough teachers. They lack the opportunity to shine and grow when the class size gets too large. They lack the opportunity to try new things when budgets are cut. And they lack the opportunity to really digest and have time to think in our ever instantaneous world. As a parent, it was my responsibility to tune into my child's needs and wants, strengths and weaknesses, to supplement my child's education with my own knowledge and resources. Think of it as frosting on a cake, the final touch that pulls the creation together. Nicholas is my only child, so I wanted him to be 
socialized with other children. He began preschool when he was two years and eight months old. I chose preschool because I wanted more interaction for him and for him to develop an appreciation of learning at an early age. Unfortunately, the school did not want to admit him. He had to be a minimum of three years of age. <laughs> so I bit the bullet and I ended up hiring a nanny to go to school with him. Otherwise, he would have had to wait another year to begin. I'm glad I started him out early and gradually as the transition worked well. Preschool isn't eight hours a day. It's three or four, so it was nice. A new school was in order once he entered kindergarten, something a bit closer to home. And he didn't have to take a nanny to kindergarten. <laughs> I was very trusting of the education system and honestly didn't pay much attention other than communication via backpack and email and helping with the fun stuff in the classroom now and then. Absolutely adored senior kindergarten. And his teacher, Mrs. Sherry, oh, was she a devoted educator. She made school fun and very interactive. She had a wonderful Scottish accent and the most proficient grasp of the English language I had ever heard. She spoke to Nicholas and the other students very respectively. One day, when Nicholas came home from school, we were having dinner, and he proclaims in his tiny Scottish accent, You know, Mom, I quite like this. That's not very Scottish of me, but I'm trying. <laughs> so my little sponge had absorbed not only Mrs. Sherry's teaching, but her mannerisms and vocabulary at the age of four. And it was actually Mrs. Sherry that pointed out to me that Nicholas needed more stimulation, more challenges. And I had been meaning to start him on learning an instrument and thought, no time like the present. He loved it when Mrs. Sherry would play her piano and have a sing-along in the classroom. So the piano it was. We tried that first and it worked well. And I will speak more to the importance of learning a musical instrument in future episodes as it was indeed a great decision. We were in a dreamland at his school. In grade one, the curriculum already integrated a second language to learn. The core curriculum challenged him with English, math, science, history, geography. Technology was gradually making its way into the classroom, but the fundamentals with paper and books and tangible ways of learning remained. So when we moved to Arizona, in the middle of grade two, we had a wake-up call. I had no idea how fortunate we were with not only the curriculum, but with the class size. The first time I sat in a classroom of 35 kids in grade two was the first time I realized not all schools are created equal. Nicholas changed schools three times in grade two, four if you count the move from Canada. Why, you may ask? Mm, the education system in Arizona was not bringing it for him. If by grade two, your child's teacher's syllabus is how to color in between the lines, you've got a problem. Your 
child is capable of so much more by that age. If the teacher has you cleaning desks on day one as your initiation into the classroom, you have a problem. If the school does not permit parents to even enter the classroom, run. Don't walk to another school, which we did. We even applied to a private school with very expensive tuition as it was deemed to provide a good curriculum. However, we were deemed not worthy. We just weren't posh enough for their school. Fortunately, Arizona had an open enrollment policy, so we were able to make these moves very quickly. What that means, if there's space available, then where you live geographically in a city of 5 million people didn't matter. Unfortunately, looks can be deceiving. The third Arizona school had all the right answers, all the infrastructures, a nice gymnasium and library. But it didn't have much more. Although the curriculum was more than coloring. Still a classroom size problem of 35, of which Nicholas was number 35, but it looked okay. Since I had to drive him every day anyways, I decided to volunteer to get a ground level view. They actually let me in the door. This was a lifesaver to help us both understand what is going on all day. Due to the overcrowding, the teacher was morphed into a babysitter. As a result, she was so overwhelmed so disconnected and so uninterested. These tiny humans and their progress, well, I ended up knowing more than she did about each one of them. Between myself and five other parents, we ended up grading all the papers, preparing the material each day, and setting up the room each morning. With the knowledge I obtained in the short time frame, I knew we still had a problem with academic integrity. This may be the point where a normal mother would have kept her mouth shut. Me? Not so much. No way was I going to sit idly by and not advocate for my child's education. So I approached the teacher at the end of the day and discussed the performance review. I had, I had made a little one on the class. It wasn't a big thing. I just showed her that the children were not performing even close to each other. The spread of grades was extreme, and I asked her, how can we fix this? Uh, huge mistake. Huge. I was given a what for and told me to mind my own business. <laughs> how did I expect her to be able to know what each individual child needed for academic instruction? Was I a teacher? Guess not. She was missing my point. My intention was not to offend. It was to advocate for my child's education and help. She had six parents volunteering. Perhaps we could have worked out a plan, not only to build the blocks for my son's education, but for all the students. Unbeknownst to me at the time, the schools in Arizona were following a mantra of no child left behind setting high standards and establishing measurable goals could improve individual outcomes in education. The act only went so far, 
and then the state had to develop its own assessment skills. And the act did not assert a national achievement standard. Each state developed its own standards. So No Child Left Behind expanded the federal role in public education. And they did this by further emphasis on annual testing, annual academic reports, report cards, qualifications of a teacher, and significant changes in funding. Thank you, Wikipedia, for the Reader's Digest version. Essentially, it sounded to me like the Pygmalion effect. It, 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 that's what it sounded, that Congress had passed this No Child Left Behind was an experiment in the classroom. <laughs> so just on a side note, the Pygmalion effect was done by Rosenthal and Jacobson in the 60s, which shows that teachers' expectations influence student performance. Positive expectations influence performance positively, and negative expectations influence performance negatively. Quite simple, really. And it actually works. So, when Nicholas's grade two teacher told me that it didn't matter, the students were at polar opposites because no child would be left behind, so don't worry, don't worry. I said, um, really? That's what you think it means? <laughs> In as much as I would have loved to explain legislation to his teacher, I instead told her the problem was that Nicholas wasn't being challenged, never mind the 34 other kids in the classroom. To which she replied, it's only grade two. So I took a new approach. My only saving grace was that Nicholas was at the top of his class, actually over the top of his class. So maybe we could supplement his education. Can Nicholas have extra work to do? I was told there wasn't any. Can Nicholas do a few advanced courses? I was told he wasn't smart enough. She actually said Nicholas wasn't smart enough. Okay, well, are there any language courses offered after school? Because it wasn't part of the syllabus. Seriously, she says, this is America and you speak English here. I thought, okay, that's your answer? <laughs> yeah, that was her answer. So when I finally asked if he could be tested to move to the next grade or do an advanced course, to keep him motivated and engaged, I was told it's too late. What? You just said it's only grade two. What's it too late for? I was getting nowhere fast. So I did the only thing I could do. I asked another mother what this all meant. Oh, she says, they tested everyone's IQ before Christmas to see if they were gifted. Oh, well, gifted. What, what does that mean? Does that mean you have to be Sheldon Cooper? <laughs> I don't know. I had no idea. It meant I had to make a plea for Nicholas to be an activist for his education to have such a strong belief that there was potential in his being at a more advanced level that someone 
someone out there would give him a chance, if nothing else. A chance to be tested was a good start. But it was too late for the school to do anything, so we were on our own. No one helped me. No one knew the phone number or where the magical testing center was located. Extensive online searching and numerous phone calls later, I had success. I found the testing center. It was about an hour's drive from our house, but worth it. Dr. Kimberly Lansdowne was in charge of the gifted testing and all the programs in the schools. She was completely open to giving Nicholas a chance and could hardly wait to meet him. I mean, what polar opposite ideas are these? So we made an appointment and Nicholas would be tested to see if he qualified for the gifted program or in my words, more advanced teachings. So off we went the next Saturday for the mysterious tests that were going to decide Nicholas's academic future. I'm pretty sure he had taken tests like this before, but I didn't really know what they meant. After all, you don't study for these tests, so how are they scored? Well, I was about to get an education. Turned out, because of Dr. Lansdowne's generosity, and taking the time, Nicholas scored in the 99th percentile in all areas of cognitive ability on these tests. Dr. Lansdowne was thrilled to have Nicholas join the gifted program and accepted him immediately starting in grade three. What a relief! At least for the next three years of school, we had a solid plan for elementary. Dr. Lansdowne was the tipping point for Nicholas and his future. Not only did she take the time and spend her weekend accommodating a mom on a mission, she changed the course of his life. There are people out there willing to help and share their time. As a parent, I made up my mind and my goal to find that person. So thank you, Dr. Lansdowne. When people say to me, Diane, it's only elementary school, I simply reply, my child, all children, need and deserve a solid foundation to build upon. There is no just about it. And don't worry, advocating for your child does not mean you're a helicopter parent. It doesn't mean that you're being cruel or vindictive against the school system. It means sometimes you need to be the voice that your child doesn't have. My instinct was dead on, but the insight needed work and needed some thought behind it in order to reach a successful outcome. So get involved, volunteer, volunteer at school, speak up when you have concerns in a gracious manner but don't take no for an answer until you have a viable solution. And do it often. It just may change your life as a result. The opportunities for your child are endless. Please subscribe and consider leaving a gracious review and feedback. That's always appreciated. I want to know if this content's helpful. And as our community grows, it will change with your needs. If you would like to support the show, please visit flourish.mom website, that's M-O-M, 
and click on the Patreon link or join the community. Together, we will reach a global community with a common interest of nurturing, coaching, and inspiring the children we love to let their genius flourish. We are all born with a gift. We are all born with purpose. Life's journey is to hone and develop that gift as purpose changes within. Today's inspirational quotes from Einstein. Weakness of attitude becomes weakness of character. And thank you, Nicholas, my precious son, for the music composition for the show. You are a star. Live well, my friends, and thanks for listening. Thank you.